our friends at Bank of America, they have great they have great expertise. They're not only the biggest bank out there, but they really have a good team in the community. But, you know, we had uh, Liz Everett earlier. Uh, well, Liz, from the data side of things, on a few times, where they really have incredible consumer data where we can learn the public, not just their experts like our next guest, uh, Stephen Juneau, who's really one of the top economists. So he, he can look at that data. But other people, and now it's available to the public. So that's just the data piece of this. But Stephen's been on with us before. And, Stephen, uh, welcome back. Good morning, Hampshire, the Pulse of an H. How are you this morning? Doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, when I'm, like, with my buddies on the weekend and I pay attention to public policy and the economy and local and national stuff and the, all the stuff you look at, the last year, year and a half, the two things that perplexed me, where, the, where, where our economy is really going, you know, as we went into last year, most experts, although you were not, you were, you were kind of weren't, you were hedging, you weren't sore. But a lot of people are saying like, you know, individuals out there, oh, we're going to, ha- we're going to hit a pretty good recession. Um, you know, inflation was real bad. And somehow, despite it all, the economy defies gravity sometimes and expectations. It seems to be doing a little bit better. So the economy contains, to, as I said, it, the economy continues to defy expectations. GDP finished on a stronger note. Where do you, Stephen, see things headed pr- pretty much from here? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question and kind of what we deal with on the day-to-day. Uh, so last year was beyond anyone's expectations. The economy was just really ripped. Uh, we saw very strong growth and really to end the year, uh, which was which was very impressive. So this year we don't expect kind of the same thing. You know, we're looking for a bit of a downshift. We think some of the forces that really propelled growth last year – that being kind of the return of labor supply, um, the increase in real wages, and some fiscal-related policies that were a boost to investment last year. We think those kind of tailwinds, they're going to be a little bit more moderate this year. So that's going to contribute to a slowdown in growth uh, this year. Nothing to worry about, I should say that. You know, we're still going to have positive growth, a pretty good year, looking for around 2% growth year over year. Uh, but a slowdown from the pace of last year. We don't think that's sustainable, and we think some of the things that drove it are just going to be less of a less of a tailwind heading into this year. Stephen, consumer confidence and attitudes go a long way. Ironically, last year, where people were bracing for something that was worse, and, and the economy defied the, the, you know the pessimism. If things do tighten a little bit this year or slow down, are people's consumers' attitudes actually? getting a little bit better, and could that help mitigate anything that's not as strong? I mean, that's a great question, too. So it's been something that's been a bit remarkable about the kind of pandemic-era recovery, uh, where you've seen consumer sentiment just really be depressed despite kind of the unemployment rate continuing to fall, despite inflation coming down so much last year. And it's something that you're starting to finally see kind of line up better with the actual data. So I think consumers are starting to realize that, hey, the economy is not so bad. You know, uh, this is something that we are actually seeing real wage growth. Yes, we saw a lot of inflation over the last three years. That's still weighing on us. We know that. We can remember the days when uh, feeding a family of four costs something like 20% less than mm-hmm. it does today. But nevertheless, you know, the environment's improving. You know, we have a healthy labor market, and you're finally starting to see consumers kind of recognize that we've seen inflation come down a lot, the unemployment rate's at a very low level, and, you know, the economy's really doing quite well. So that can help for sure, because as that confidence comes back, it can really continue to support consumer spending this year, 
um, and help drive overall growth because we know that the consumer ultimately is, what, two-thirds of the U.S. economy. So yeah. as, as the consumer goes, so does the U.S. economy. Even if people in Washington like to forget that, the consumer still drives it. Stephen, uh, the Federal Reserve, as you know, Stephen Janot, one of the leading economists, Bank of America, delighted, delighted he's on with us again for this perspective and expertise. Good morning, New Hampshire, the Pulse of a Nation. The Federal Reserve, as you know, Stephen, had their meeting yesterday. Um, no surprise because it was sort of built into the news coverage. They weren't going to change anything. But what did we learn? And are we going to finally get a break on these higher interest rates soon? So what we learned, at least, it was a bit of a surprise to us. So we were looking for a March cut. So we thought the Fed was gearing up to go at their next meeting. But then what we heard from Powell yesterday was that March, the bar might be a little bit too high to go that early. So really, we, we're still expecting the Fed to cut. I mean, the cutting cycle is happening this year. The Fed is done hiking. But when it starts, that's probably likely going to be in June now. The pace is still going to be gradual. Um, but you are going to get a little bit of a break, you know, businesses, households. Um, you're going to start to see mortgage rates come come down. You're going to see credit card rates come down. The Fed has definitely done hiking, um, and now it's just about when and how quickly they cut. And we think it's going to start in June. We think it will be gradual, so 25 basis points per quarter, a cut per quarter basically. Um, so not too fast, but that's just because we don't have a forecast for recession in our outlook. And the Fed's still a little bit worried that inflation might get stuck above their 2% target. So they're trying to take a real risk management approach here. Well, maybe your last point helped answer what I was going to ask, Stephen. What's driving the Fed's decision-making and their thought process right now? Yeah, so I think it's really, when you think about the Fed, what they are inherently is a risk manager of the economy. They have two mandates. They're trying to achieve price stability. They consider that basically 2% inflation. We're getting close to that. So not mission accomplished yet, but if we get a few more good data prints, we're very close to where the Fed can say uh, the job is done. The other objective is to, you know, achieve maximum employment, achieve kind of healthy growth. Obviously, the Fed doesn't want to force the economy into recession. So now what you're seeing as inflation has come down, they're thinking a little bit more about that other objective. They're a little bit worried that, hey, rates might be a little bit too high uh, given the progress we've seen on inflation. So we need to think about reassessing our policy, uh, reassessing the level of rates we have currently, and maybe taking that down a notch, uh, given that we don't really want to force the economy to slow down if it doesn't have to. You know, Stephen, this might be my thought versus yours, but you'll correct me as the expert. I think people, what I'm hearing on real estate and housing, because I think that's a great barometer, is anyone who locked in, you know, a year or two ago at three, 2.9% is kind of the golden handcuffs. You probably should not give up that fixed 30-year mortgage because I don't know if we're going to see that again in our lifetimes. Um, so they, you know, some inventory may stay in that homeowner. What They might have moved, but they don't want to pay more than double their interest rate. So I guess the question is, as the Fed starts to ease, and maybe June, you said, a quarter point each time, quarter, and eventually. It feels to me, Stephen, but you're the expert, that it may get down to that 5% as kind of the new norm, uh, I don't think it's ever going to get as low in my lifetime anyway, because I remember when rates were 14% fixed and you bought a house uh, at 2.9%. That seems like uh, maybe a once in our current lifetimes, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we don't see rates going back to the zero lower bound when you're talking about, say, the monetary policy uh, rates or the Fed funds rates. So that means that mortgage rates probably won't go as low as, say, 29 
But what could happen is that mortgage rates get to the point where it becomes a little bit more attractive in terms of your monthly payment to trade up your home. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are locked in, but they may actually need more space, right? right? So they're locked into this 2.9 or sub 4%. But when you get to maybe 5% um, or 6%, maybe you start to think about yeah. it a little bit more. So it might free up a little bit of supply in the existing home space, and that could kind of help spark uh, home sales again, which have been obviously on a downward slide. Steve, before we let you go, and thank you, Stephen Janot, Bank of America. We start, I started, ironically, I mentioned Liz Everett with your Bank of America Institute on data. And, and when I spoke with her last, she was telling us that the consumer remains resilient. Um, you know, has anything changed here, Stephen? Are you seeing any changes or, you know, sort of uh, cracks in that resilient armor? I think that's broadly true. I mean, we, you know, there's a few cracks maybe when you look at various income groups. Obviously, you've seen credit card delinquencies move a little bit higher auto loan delinquencies move a little bit higher. That seems to be concentrated among lower-income households, which, you know, obviously have more volatile spending patterns, a higher marginal propensity to consume, but they don't represent kind of a large share of overall spending. So but so I think the consumer broadly is in healthy shape. I mean, we still have a strong labor market. We're adding something like 200,000 jobs per month over the last six months. We are seeing real wages increase. Obviously, as we see real wages increase, that helps consumption. So, you know, there's very little signs that the consumer is really showing, you know, cracks in the foundation. Um, and really, we're, we're constructive on the consumer. We think it's going to be kind of the outperformer this year when you look at growth. Um, and investment might be a little bit more moderate. Stephen, great stuff. And I know people can go and check out the Bank of America Institute on data, consumer stuff. Thank you, Stephen, for the time. Yeah, really very good, and you do it in a great way. We can kind of forecast a little bit of what's coming. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks.